Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com slash sorgatronmedia. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod, iPhone, or MP3 player. I'm getting awesome, you're getting awesome, we're getting awesome, yeah, that's what I said now. I'm getting awesome, you're getting awesome, we're getting awesome, yeah, that's what I said. What's up, guys? It's Mike Sorg here. It's the Awesome Cast. We're a day late, but we're still here. We got all the energy. And it's amazing what a day makes in the amount of news when you're going over that later. Uh, but we're ready to roll here. We're, we, we got, we got, uh, we got the original cast from, uh, from episode one. Uh, of course, uh, as usual with me is Rob. Oh, wrong buttons there. Rob De La Creta, <laughs> right? No. There, nope. no, oh, oh no! There he is, there he is, and he's he's, he's not. Hold on, oh, 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 there he is, there he is. Rob Daily Crater, how you doing oh, with your yeah, yeah, fancy here. mustache? I, <laughs> I am coming to you live from the 1860s. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see, straight from it, there, there's a picture you put on Instagram earlier today. That that uh, is beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is spectacular. <laughs> so follow him if you downloaded this wonderful iPhone app. And I think the hair is even better. Yeah, there's there's Vaseline in my hair. Have you ever put Vaseline in your hair? Can't say that I I have. Well, you know it's petroleum based, which means uh, shampoo doesn't do a damn thing. So, uh, <laughs> so it's, it's gonna be fun for those of you curious. Um, I am Bill the Butcher for Halloween, and I just came from the work Halloween party. So, and, uh, so, so finally, the the progress that has been your mustache over the last few weeks has uh, come to fruition. It, it can shine uh, with, without any any impotence of the hair around it. It has basically <laughs> been given a a fleshy frame, if you will, <laughs> so it can really really show off its. Mind. The uh, the mutton chops are tremendous. I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> so how you been? How's your week been? Um, I'm tired. I'm still tired from yes. uh, doing the baristas thing. Yeah, there's know? been a, there's been a haze over me lately. Yeah, <laughs> you and you would think you know work around all that coffee, but yeah, <laughs> so much coffee. And you know what? While I was there, I didn't have a single cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we're talking about you know Justin Knack. He was on the show uh, <clears throat> a month or so ago, uh, talking about the baristas. They the they got through the Kickstarter program. I think we mentioned here started filming over the weekend, and uh, Rob and myself were involved a little, in, in some part uh, with that. Uh, it was it, the fun part was when they actually had to make coffee and had to figure out how the machine worked. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're shooting a show called The Baristas, and none of us know how to operate a coffee machine. Yeah. I actually I ran into him today. He's returned a tripod to me, and then I was like, "So, so how long have you been doing the show there, and you've never actually had coffee made on the on the show?" It's like oh, about four years. So there you go, uh, authenticity. Uh, also joining us, guest numero uno from Awesome Cast One. He is back, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Pound, Uncle Crappy. Hey, what are you drinking, sir? <laughs> I'm drinking a raging bitch, actually. <laughs> nice, <Yeah>. fantastic. <laughs> How a you lovely, been doing? lovely Belgian IPA uh, from the good people at Flying Duck. Excellent, excellent. So, what's new with you since you've been on uh, 22 episodes ago? 22 episodes ago, I'm I'm still employed, and in my line of work, that's um that's always a good thing. Fantastic. Um, very very busy. Uh, it's football season. We travel a lot. You know, go back to Columbus for football games. Um, and I'm actually looking forward to a couple weeks off from that. We have this weekend and next. I get to relax. 
for a little while. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, we're going to be hitting up all the stories, uh, covering a lot of stuff that's happened over the last week. Everything is awesome. Um, even, even a little around here in the southwestern PA and such. Uh, so, uh, let's get right into it. Of course, the big news happening, we, we speculated and we were right for the most part, except there was no touch device in your laptop and there was no Apple birth control method. Uh, so, so, hey, hey, Mitch, you were close, man. You were close. Um, <laughs> so, of course, the big thing, the most talked about thing out of all this, uh, well, hardware wise was the new MacBook Air. Um, I actually had a chance, uh, 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 Missy and I, uh, went into the Apple store the other day and checked it out. Um, and it's, uh, well, it's thin. They're not kidding about that. Oh, hey. Oh, you, you're right over there. Oh, yeah. We're good. <laughs> so, um, uh, the big news is it's, uh, completely flash memory. Not, it's not an SSD. It's not a stand, solid state drive. It's actually, <laughs> flash flash memory like in the iPad from the looks of it. Uh what, yeah. what what's your yeah. take on it, Rob? SS, SSD really is uh basically an abbreviation that says we took flash memory and put it in a case that vaguely resembles a hard drive. Okay. So this is more like a thumb drive built onto the uh the controller board. <laughs> it, it was basically a way to save space. And when you look at um because they showed it in the in the uh in the, in the presentation. Mm-hmm. Um the innards of the MacBook Air, and they they showed you how much of it was battery. And when they took all of the batteries out, all the electronics left occupied what looked to be like oh I don't know two inches tall and like eight inches wide. Like there's there's no electronics in that thing. <laughs> it's like it, the entire computer is a circuit board at this point. So, yeah. um, as far as how I feel about the MacBook. Air, golly, I don't know. I'm gonna start by saying it's still too freaking expensive. Um, mm-hmm. I can't really, I don't know. Like, I, like I want to say good things about it. It's it's a heck of a lot faster than the last one. Um, it also creates absolute competition for anybody thinking about purchasing uh, the regular MacBook because mm-hmm. um, it has a fantastic graphics chip. Uh, like you said, it's got flash memory, which means it uh, boots up uh, the desktop in like 14 seconds, I think, something like that. Um, so it's pretty fast, really nice display, super thin, super light. It's like two pounds, really portable, but it's still a thousand bucks. Uh, which means that, uh, I'm more, uh, uh, I'm leaning more towards this is a potential future of the MacBook line than saying that this is for the, well, I don't need a full blown computer. I need something less because at this point we're steering towards the iPad with that direction. And this just looks to be, uh, the, the future of, um, of MacBooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely seems like it's uh it's angling to be the MacBook replacement. Um t- same same performance, if not a little bit better because of the uh the flash the the, the speed of the flash versus a hard drive. Um yeah, I I, I really see it as a as a, the secondary computer or the travel computer, you know. I I really I actually I think if anybody here it would fit in most would maybe be uh be Mike. What what do you think? Be, being a traveling Apple, journalist, Apple does this to me all the time because they, I, I get kind of stuck in between categories. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 the the iPad would be a wonderful device for me to have for work, um, and certainly it's a lot easier to deal with in terms of price for mm-hmm. me. Um, if I start looking at a MacBook Air, uh, granted, it, it seems like the the new version is going to be uh, is going to perform a lot better than the original version did. Um, I, but I, I, if I'm if I'm do I go that far? If I'm going that far, why don't I just go get a MacBook? Um, mm-hmm. it, it, 
maybe it's a it, it's a it's a good problem to have. Putting it as Apple means it's it means Apple's covering all its bases. Um, but I'm I'm it's just kind of an in, in between niche for me, and and I'm not sure um, that that would be at this point anyway that that would be the right the right purchase for me. I'm either either go get an iPad or save a little extra money and go get a MacBook and 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 go that way. Do you think the the size would be an issue? I guess you're you don't really travel that much. You're you're more of the the local uh, beat uh, market and the newspaper, right? What, what is nice to be able to do, though, um, especially if I'm covering something in the evening, I'm I'm uh, if I have a device with me, I'm able to to start working uh, because the editors are waiting for me to to get something filed, whether you're to get get it written and get it emailed back to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's helpful to have something something small. Um, that I can that I can work on, uh, and and if I need to get a story turned around in a hurry and get it back to my editor, so we're not screwing up deadline and, and getting the paper out of time. All right, all right. Uh, and the other interesting part about this is no CD drive, which I think uh, was the original Mac Air have an optical drive, or did they kill it on that one too. I uh, it was a USB add-on. It was a USB add-on, um, and if, but of course, uh, uh, the circumvent this, they they put the. Uh, operating system on a flash drive, which I think we're going to see a little bit more of here. Yeah, so. I, I think um, because there is the uh, there's a story being passed around, uh, basically that one day Steve Jobs, after the iPad had been made, he he went into a, a conference room, basically called a meeting. All the big heads are there. He walks in, he sets down an iPad, throws a MacBook down on the table, and he he just presses the home button on the iPad to wake it up. And then he points to the MacBook and says, why doesn't this do that? I'm referring to the fact that you can instantly wake up an iPad. But you can't. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, he just storms out of the room in, in epic fashion. Uh, I definitely uh, can say for absolute certainty that the future of pretty much every laptop, Macs are going to get it first just because of the, the, the higher end build quality. Um, but Flash is the future, obviously, and uh, holographic memory probably uh, soon to come right after that. Um, I'm inclined to say that, like, like, like I said, I mean, it, it's just too expensive. I think it's expensive enough to the point where it puts, um, people like Mike in the situation where you're like, well, I could, I could spend a thousand dollars on this. And that's for the, the small one. 11 inches. Yeah. 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 The, the, uh, or, uh, and then the, the slightly larger one is like, what, $1,200? Um, the, the, Thirteen inch, right. the the thirteen inch starts out at a uh, uh, twelve ninety nine. Uh, they they go up to uh, that's one twenty eight gigabyte uh, flash drive model. Uh, it goes up to uh, two fifty six uh, for about sixteen hundred. So. so so I'm inclined to say that like they just shot just a hair too high in the price point because you consider if you get a nice iPad as in like you know three G iPad, mm-hmm. you're gonna spend like. Six or seven hundred dollars, something like that. I don't remember. Um, and then the jump is to a thousand dollars, but a MacBook is sitting at the exact same price for the most part as the uh, the MacBook Air. I feel like if they had shot a little lower, like a seven ninety nine, maybe even an eight ninety nine, people would be more inclined to say, "Hey, it's a little bit cheaper. I can save a couple bucks and, and you know buy something else with that extra hundred dollars." Mm-hmm. I, I I feel like the the price, while I mean, a lot of people are saying like, "Oh, this is great" because it's basically a very high quality netbook. The problem is, it's still a very expensive netbook. It's, it's not- about, uh, I think it starts at about four times the price you would pay for a netbook. 
Um, but you know, if you're really ingrained in that Mac architecture and this, this is doing something that those Mac, MacBooks aren't doing, uh, as far as the startup times, uh, but I feel like as far as appealing to the average consumer, which Apple is trying to do more and more as they try to, you know, make money, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, make more money. it's at a price point <laughs> where people who care a heck of a lot, heck of a lot about their Mac, people who are already sold on the experience are going to say, yeah, MacBook Air makes sense for me. But people that they're trying to hook, this is not the product for them. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? I, I think you're right. They're trying to corner that, uh, that, uh, uh, uh casual market, but it, the casual market with money, you know? Mm-hmm. So with that, you know, if this, this is kind of the one for them. Um, another thing that's going to kind of angle towards that casual market, of course, we saw a little bit about, uh, OSX Lion is going to be the next release due next summer. I wasn't too impressed with much they showed of it. There was, uh, something called Mission Control, uh, that was going to be a mix of spaces and expose and a windowing grouping system, which I think they've needed for a while. Um, and, uh, but beyond that, they're going to introduce within 90 days, uh, of what they were talking yesterday or last week, uh, the app store for Mac. This is something we kind of called here on this show. Um, so of course the debate is, are they going to go towards this closed architecture? It looks like it's going to be, uh, as limiting as their, as their iPad and iPhone, uh, stores have been as far as getting into this store particularly. But, uh, you know, is this going to be a transition towards, uh, that, that kind of closed architecture or, or is this just going to be like steam is on my computer at a certain point? I think, um, I mean, the app store is going to be a huge moneymaker. Like you consider the average... Uh, Mac user, even the average PC user, like say you get a computer and you're like, no, I want like, you know, the first thought that comes into your head, I want to waste some time. So um, if you don't have an application store on whatever device you picked up, you have to kind of know where to go for it, whether that's Google or uh, a depository website, you know, like two cows or whatever. Um, and you kind of like flip around and you find something. But nine times out of ten, you're getting software because you already know about it or somebody recommended it to you. Mm-hmm. The whole uh, you know, uh, uh, prospect of the app store is basically like you hand somebody an iPhone that has absolutely nothing on it without knowing anything about software or how to install anything, what's required or what's compatible. They can launch the app store and immediately buy anything in a heartbeat. It's really a question of making the software easily available to the consumer. And when you create an app store, it's basically like, like, uh, I, I think the best metaphor would, would be like, making it so every time you open your refrigerator, there was an entire supermarket inside, but you didn't have to talk to anybody. You didn't have to know anything about what was in there. You could just reach in and grab it, and, you know, your checking account is automatically charged for your pound of beef. Um, and, and it's just, it's a fantastic model. As far as if it's going to be permanent or not, and or if they're going to, like, go gung-ho as far as saying that there will be no side-loading of software in the future, I think that's a long ways off. Like, and by long, I mean computer long, so like five to seven years would be my estimate. Cause it's just, you alienate a lot of people, a lot of developers, and we need these things to work. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I think it's gonna be interesting. If they go the model, I, I've been using Steam, uh, for a while. It's been fantastic since they put it on the Mac. I, I, I like the gift of something I've already bought being able to be compatible. Um, and hopefully more of that, you know, keeps happening. So uh, I, I like the idea of not having to keep discs that I keep losing uh, around my house, and uh, right, yeah, you and, don't have to and, worry about discs or mm-hmm. serial numbers. Or 
And finally, with like Steam, it's been nice. My 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 brother and I have actually been rebuying old games that we bought before. You know, like old Quake and Doom and 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 an Unreal Tournament and stuff like that. Because if I pull out my, you know, I say I want to load up Unreal Tournament 2004 on one of my PCs here. Uh, I, that's six six CDs, you know, <laughs> and uh, as opposed to just downloading and waiting twenty minutes. So uh, it, it, it's a model that works. I, I uh, the only problem I have is with the App Store is I feel I've been burned a few times uh, with stuff they pulled, stuff I paid for they've pulled. I don't really have a backup, you know, or or you know I, I don't like the idea. Okay, I gotta keep a backup. But I don't think there's a really adequate, easy to understand way to keep those applications backed up on your local computer if we're even syncing them. You know, I, I, I like the idea better of the the system is the backup. Um, well, so I think um, the only reason that they're able to even consider this model is that they've had enough experience with the App Store on the iPad and the iPhone mm-hmm. to know, like, they've already seen things go terribly, terribly wrong where they had, you know, they now know what happens when you pull a Google Voice app. They now know all the blowback they're going to receive and issues like, well, what happens if developer X puts an app in the app store, it slips through the approval process, and it's actually terrible, so we pull it, and then the people who paid for it, you know, the onus is on the developer to issue a refund, mm-hmm. but it looks bad for Apple. Which bad. they do, uh, but to, to that effect, if you do feel burned like, you know, un- like like I have a couple times, I've actually, uh, a, a developer, uh, Orb, uh, discontinued one of their... One of their uh, clients. Uh, I have Orb installed on a Mac upstairs. It has a lot of my, you know, movies and you know other content, and and I can stream it to a browser by going to an address or my iPhone if I have the app. It's a five dollar app, a little hefty as far as the App Store goes, uh, and it was the cheaper one because I didn't I didn't think I required the live TV streaming that it supported because obviously, you know, I don't really have anything like that in my iMac. So, uh, and they discontinued it, so I couldn't re-download it. And I had to buy the $10 version that they only supplied, you know. Uh, but I said, hey, I'm f- kind of burned by this. You know, uh, is there anything I do about it? They refunded me and gave me five video credits, which I have not used because I'm afraid. I don't know if they're for the full movies or what. I don't want to accidentally pay $15 for Iron Man 2, you know, when I don't really want to own it. You know, uh, they just don't want to test it out. Uh, but still, anyway, aside from that, you still, so Apple's really good about that. Uh, picking up the slack for um, so, but I, I wonder if they're going to have to do more when it comes to software on on, on yeah. a real on a real computer like that. So and they're certainly going to have to keep a much closer eye on the approval process and yada yada yada. Because I mean, like the iPhone, you don't have to worry about it too much because of how I, I feel like because of how detached you are in general mm-hmm. from, the, from the process. Because it's so easy when things go wrong, you're like, yeah, not a big deal. Like, if you try, if you bought a new VCR, you try and set the time and it doesn't go right, eh, you kind of deal with it. It's not a big problem. But I feel like uh, because people have uh, already have well-evolved relationships with computers, you can have people who don't give a crap about the iPhone mm-hmm. but love the heck out of their computer. You give them a bad experience, especially right off the gate, you're risking losing that customer forever. Excellent. Uh, anything else we want to mention about the uh, uh the event last week, we have iLife, which bored the crap out of me, to be honest. Um, Let's spend <laughs> ten minutes showing you how to make a trailer. I want to make a trailer about my family and a dog <laughs> and going biking. Oh, man. Man. <laughs> As I'm watching this thing sitting at work in front of Follow Cut, I'm like, oh, God. 
<laughs> but uh, hey, which you know, that's great. I understand that that product isn't for us, but that press conference wasn't for the consumer either. So I really kind of didn't know. Who yeah, they were it was only like there. a mix of content. Like it mm-hmm. was, it was in the town hall. It was small. I mean, yes, everybody's you know eyes on Apple, so the average person will hear about it eventually. But realistically, like. It's kind of like a, an exaggerated earnings call. Only the people who really care are supposed to be the ones paying attention. Yeah. And you should cater to them, not be like, oh, hey, how about this fake vacation I went on with my family? <laughs> Let's add a soundtrack and uh, some credits. You like that? Yeah. And how about some stars? That's nice, too, isn't it? I don't care. The thing, I, I there are more people paying attention to this now than, than used to be, and it's not... It's not just hardcore people. I actually, this is a sort of uh, a tangential interest, I guess. But I had people asking me, uh, people that I work with, asking me last week about how the event went, what was said, what are they going to be doing. Um, you know, they, they don't care enough to to sit through a whole uh, demonstration of of I Life Eleven um, and of themselves. <laughs> but but they're they're curious enough to ask me. They're curious enough about what Apple is going to do next to to at least ask me about it. Um, so uh, yeah, the the, the life thing was painful to to watch, but I, I, I there there's uh, I, with everything that Apple's done in the last couple of, couple of years, um, there's a little more interest than than uh, just uh, folks who are who are you know really paying attention to the industry. Um, kind of interesting thing to see uh, that that extra curiosity from people who a year ago would not have cared at all. Yeah, I, I guess you could. I mean, kind of. Kind of to that point, I know there's a lot of um, news agencies who are just now picking up on the concept that things that come out of Steve Jobs' mouth are kind of a big deal. That's uh, that's it exactly. <laughs> well, and, exactly. And so they're just catching up to it. So you're going to have like random correspondent from random news source who isn't really into this kind of thing. They don't really understand tech at all, but they'll mm-hmm. listen because they were told to go there. I, mm-hmm. I guess the event definitely caters to that kind of person. Yeah, yeah, I think. That you're going to see that you're probably going to see more more uh, stuff kind of directed to folks um, who are part of that audience who are who are just kind of uh, figuring this out for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Face FaceTime was announced for our yeah. computers, so kind of a big deal. I can call my brother on his iPhone four. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, we actually did a test of it in the office last week. Uh, people haven't seen uh, on my Ustream. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it works, you know. Uh, it was on our, on our business Wi-Fi. Uh, the, both the phone and the the FaceTime were on the same the same uh, network. Um, yeah, it, it works. It, it could be interesting to do it that way. Uh, if we uh, say, well, one, if we get a Mac down here uh, in this setup, uh, and we can send Rob out to some live event with his iPhone <laughs> to report. <laughs> um, and I, I think it's uh, also kind of funny to point out. Nobody really. Uh, talked about this as far as I know, but when he was talking about the MacBook Air, he no longer called it an eyesight camera. That's a FaceTime camera on that MacBook Air. Oh, oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, that's a FaceTime. They they just rebranded <laughs> the camera as the FaceTime camera, even though I mean it's just a regular eyesight camera. But yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes but, sense. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. It works, and uh, it uses. You can actually have. Um, have people dial you via your email address that you associate with it. When you open up FaceTime for the first time, it asks you what email address to associate with that. 
Uh, and you can also have people call you uh, via FaceTime to your phone. So you can definitely differentiate and, and log on to FaceTime on your, on your MacBook or whatever. And it's, it's pretty much the same deal as Skype as far as like, everybody can call you pretty much any time. And, um, push notifications in OSX is also what that is. Because, uh, word is, I didn't, I didn't pick around into this at all and I haven't tried it because FaceTime still has that problem where I don't know anybody who actually wants to FaceTime with me. <laughs> um, but uh, word is that even if FaceTime isn't running, once you've registered your email address, like once you've installed it on your machine, if it's not running and somebody calls your email address, FaceTime will open itself. Excellent. Excellent. Um, the other big news from this week, uh, Google TV has been uh, making its rounds. People are getting their units. Somebody paid for this thing. Um, or they're all reviewing it. Who knows? Uh, it, of course, uh, the big thing you think, you know, that big, the, the search feature, you'd be able to get on Hulu and, uh, check out your, uh, fringe or whatever. But no, because apparently the big networks are blocking it on Hulu via the Google TV. Um, this week it came down that ABC.com uh, is blocking Google users. Uh, NBC, CBS, uh, and I believe this is to their own websites for watching videos as well as Hulu. Um, so, but you can get around it pretty easy by changing your uh, browser ID. Right, but, but then again, a lot of people would point it out because that's one of those things where it's one of those geek phrases that starts with, well, all you have to do is, which is always poison to the average user. Like, your grandparents are not going to change their user agent. And the whole point of the whole, like, bringing the software experience to the TV is in a, in a set-top box that you don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. So, it's as far as like content is concerned, this thing is ruined until they fix it. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. Uh, set, set up is a real pain in the ass. Uh, I was actually watching the uh, the latest Engadget show. They were talking about the one guy actually took it home to try it out. Uh, says it, it took about a half an hour to set up. Uh, took it for the in-studio setup uh, for the live show and it took about two hours. Uh, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Hello. Uh, I think Skype's making noises at me again. Anywho, um, so, I, man, it, again, it, they were showing off some of it on the Engadget show. It looks clunky. You know, it, it doesn't look the, it, it doesn't look user friendly at all. And, and that's really what this thing needed to be. It needed to be not for something that only us could figure out. And at this point, I don't think anybody like us really wants to. No, certainly not. I mean, it's too expensive for what it offers. It's it's a Logitech unit, and Logitech makes some really nice media media hardware. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if, if you look at everything they have available, from keyboards to, to mice to universal remotes and media center type things, they do some really good work. But this is definitely not an example of that. This reminds me a lot more of the uh, uh, what was it called? The first um, Android phone that came out, the the Black Brick. Of uh, the G two or G one. G1, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it had this cool software on it, and that was really neat. But if you wanted to plug in headphones, you had to get a, you had to use a dongle. <laughs> Thank you, Google. Uh, by the way, Chachi still has his G1. Um, <laughs> but again, yes, he does. He does. Uh, actually, uh, a funny story on that. Well, he actually, he's finally up this month. He's going to get his G2. Um, actually, this week on his vidcast, he's got a special guest, uh, MC Frontalot, who I noticed <laughs> also had a G2. Uh, and also had a G1 before that. Uh, so I, I asked him if he could, uh, do a quick video for Chachi Says, 
uh, when, when I was doing the interview with him for Music Fun Time. Uh, so it's, it, it, it's a nice looking phone. It's a real nice looking mm-hmm. phone. Um, so, so it'll be, it'll be nice. He deserves an upgrade. He's, he's, this is the longest he's stuck through with a phone with the G1. Uh, and I still see them around, uh, you know, pod camp and other tech events. I, I see people around with those G1s. Mm. So wow. strong, strong souls. Tell you. People who still have a Palm Creek too. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got, uh, the one kid I know said he, uh, traded in his Android, uh, my touch on T-Mobile for a, uh, an HD two. The Windows 6.5 one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> well, I want to get to something before we forget it again that uh, Rob put in the notes last week. Uh, but before that, I want to talk about our sponsor, Backblaze.com. Uh, we're using it. I just hooked up another hard drive to it. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, adding on that space. You know, I didn't know this. Uh, they were talking about, uh, I think, Carbonite on one of the other uh, shows. Uh, cause I know they do a lot of, uh, podcast, uh, promotion and such. But I think with, with Carbonite, and you correct me if I'm wrong, if you guys, uh, know this, it, do you have to pay extra per drive or per, per, uh, terabyte or anything like that? Cause I uh, don't have a clue. Nope, nope. <laughs> uh, I was hearing about this when they were talking about their plans and everything, and I was like, wow, I'm paying $5 a month per computer. And, uh, and I, I have well over two terabytes of stuff up there. Uh, between the two of them, uh, mostly on on one of them, uh, it's 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 five dollars a month. It's easy. You can you access all your stuff through their website. Uh, it's it, it works. It works for us. You know, they, they, I, I got this little. Uh, I don't know if I can bring it on here because I think I'm recording it. No, no, we're not going to do that. I got this little my passport <laughs> thing that's about this big and it's very colorful. Um, and and that, which is great. I don't have to plug it in the wall. It'll be fun when I'm doing work in coffee shops and everything. But I'm afraid to lose this damn thing. Uh, so I, I feel a little safer that I have it backed up. So check it out. Click the link over storywithshawnmedia.com, awesomecast.com. Uh, check it out. Save yourself t- some, uh, some, some worry and, uh, support the show there, uh, with Backblaze. Uh, so that, let's get right to it. Rob, you had something you wanted to talk about. Another Kickstarter project, I believe. I did. Uh, I'm also gonna, uh, real quick jump back to, uh, the, the Carbonite question. Uh, as of, August, September, mm-hmm. um, you, you can't back up external drives on Carbon. You can't do external drives? You cannot do external drives. If That's... you mount them as an internal drive, like there's some hackery you can do to get it to work, but basically you buy your subscription. Wow. Wow. Well, they, there's a big killer there for me because all my stuff, I mean, you know, if, if you know, Final Cut takes up half of your hard drive. Okay. You know, and that was the first thing I asked you about when you were talking to me about uh, offsite storage. I was like, well, I've got my Drobo, and I'd like to back up my Drobo. You're mm-hmm. like, well, check out Backblaze. Yeah, yeah, it's very uh, indiscretionary when it comes to what it'll back up. Um, yeah. And I guess anything over your your pictures aren't over nine gigabytes, are they? Uh, <laughs> not each. Well, yet. okay. I, I remember you told me about the panorama that was sixteen gigabytes after it was rendered. That was they can they can become large, but <laughs> I can. <laughs> I would say that's a little, uh, yeah, I have like our tapes that don't even render that, that large. Um, <laughs> but, we'll, uh, we'll see as I do more HD work here in the future though, but still. Um, anyways, you were going to say? <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, back to the topic at hand. Kickstarter. Uh, Kickstarter is a cool thing and I think, uh, we should, uh, give it some props and talk about it in a minute because some amazing things have been happening on Kickstarter lately. 
mm-hmm. uh, for the uninitiated, Kickstarter, uh, Kickstarter.com is a project that basically um, they handle all the money through uh, an Amazon service, I believe, some uh, third-party things so they don't have to worry about getting their hands on the money and all the legal ramifications involved. But anyway, the point is, you have a project. You say, I want to, you know, produce this TV show, like Justin did. Mm-hmm. Um, you say, I want to make this, uh, you know, a prototype, a physical object. I, I need money for, uh, there's a, a guy in, in Pittsburgh right now who's looking to raise money to rent a helicopter to do some uh, photography of historic industrial landmarks. And um, that this is exactly what Kickstarter was made for. So you, you start up this thing, you set a goal, um, and you set a, uh, a limit for how many how many days you want this project to go before um, you are due to give in on your end of it, assuming you get the money needed. And uh, the cool part about it is that, say, I pledge $5 uh, because Mike wants to bake a batch of cookies and it's going to cost 20 bucks. But Mike only makes $15 and he decides, nah, I'm not going to make it. This sounds about right. I don't lose any money. My $5 stays in my pocket because the project never got off the ground, which means it, it gives you a sense of security in it. Um, and very specifically in the absolute amazing thing that can happen uh, when you give people the opportunity, because it also makes donating extremely easy. Like we've all seen the PayPal thing on websites like um, Leo Laporte uses it as far as like, hey, if you'd like to donate. But if you can be specific and set a project for it, and you make it this incredibly simple to toss a couple dollars to something that you're interested in, um, this can this can create amazing possibilities like the Glyph, which has been um, in the news recently. The Glyph is a little, uh, it's basically a, a tripod uh, mount for your iPhone 4. That's all it is. It's a little chunk of plastic. It's just this little, and, it looks like it's this little slider. It, it, it looks like it attaches to a typical tripod. And your iPhone just sits right in there. And you have a tripod. You don't have to grab uh, one of those uh, specific Gorilla Paws or anything like that. Um, it looks it looks pretty cool. Now, <laughs> six days ago, they have almost 5,000 backers, over $121,000 raised, raised or pledged uh, of their goal of 10,000. Yeah. How does this happen? And, and, and <laughs> there's, there's no limit, apparently. So now they can make... 20 times as many of these glyphs as uh as they expected. Well, I mean, like the thing is, is basically they came up with a good idea. It's, it's stupid simple. This little piece of plastic, uh, like you said, it does a bunch of, of things. Like it can work with a tripod mount. It can just hold your, your iPhone 4 up on a desk. Like it, it's just a handy little chunk of plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the, the key features of Kickstarter is you kind of like, sort of like, you know, pledging your, your local um, PBS station or whatever. You know, for <laughs> donations of a value of twenty dollars or more, you'll get this awesome mug. Um, but in this case, uh, it's broken down like for the the glyph, for instance. If you pledge five dollars, you get you know a warm feeling inside. If you uh, pledge twenty dollars or more, you're basically making a pre-order. They say that if you pledge twenty dollars or more, as soon as the manufacturing starts on these things, we will send you a glyph. Deal done. Uh, if you spend $50 or more, you get a 3D printed prototype immediately. Um, so it's basically you're paying $50 for the, the glyph. And, and uh, most of that is going to go towards supporting it. And if, um, if you pledge $250 or more, uh, and you are in the New York City area, they will take you out to dinner. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, uh, even, even like the, the braces one, they, if you, 
was it? If uh, it was two hundred fifty dollars or more, they name a character after you and give you a hug. I think. Um, yeah. and, and, and everybody got T-shirts. Uh, after thirty-five, you got to vote for for a, uh, which cast member. Um, you. you then I'm, I'm going to frame my postcard when I get it from Justin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were going around hey, Saturday night getting signed, so those things are coming. So. Um, but like, I think this is. I think Kickstarter is a much bigger deal than people are making it out to be. Uh, and very specifically, like it kind of hits home for me because of uh, the work I do 40 hours a week is um, with an inventions company. Mm-hmm. Uh, people pay us money to develop products. And like the Glyph, these guys had an idea. Uh, either one of them knows how to u- use CAD and has a little bit of engineering, or they, w- they were able to talk to somebody who basically told them, you know what, this is a cool idea. That's fine and whatever. But if you want to manufacture it, it's going to cost $10,000. That $10,000 basically goes into something called tooling. Uh, whenever you do injection molding, you basically have to uh, build up some some very specialized parts that will make nothing but that piece. Uh, so it can be put in an injection molding machine, and you can spit out as many copies as you want. So it's a one-time fee to get your feet off the ground and start making your product. Um, which sounds like... A, which sounds like it's, a, oh. it's a pretty hefty one-time fee. Yes. Yeah, it's a pretty hefty one-time fee. And depending on, like, like the glyph is a relatively small thing. I mean, it's, like, maybe three inches wide and a, and a half-inch thick. But uh, say you're looking to do tooling for, um, you know, something that's, like, two feet long and, like, a foot wide. Now your tooling is talking, like, 50 grand just for tooling. So if you have an idea and it's a really terrible idea and you spend 50 grand on tooling, no good. But what's happened here at Kickstarter is they only needed 10 grand. But they said that if you give us X amount of dollars, you're going to pre-order it. And uh, they give you the breakdown uh, here. So the people who just pre-ordered who basically said, um, as soon as it's manufactured, you get a copy of it. 4,222 people of the 4,700 pre-ordered. So it was basically a show of support, a show of absolute support you can't receive anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Even if you go to like a, a design firm, and they develop the heck out of your product and tell you it'll make good on the market, nobody can guarantee that. But by pitching this on Kickstarter, putting it out to the public, 4,000 people said, you know what? I want this. I want this so much that I'm going to give you 20 bucks for it. And now, because this project is only run by two guys, they needed $10,000. They made 121 grand. So, say they split that 110, and they each now have, you know... $55,000 as a split, right? Like, that's a lot of money. And certainly a good chunk of that is going to go to furthering this project. But really, it's just a tiny thing. Like, they basically made a year's salary, a very nice year's salary over the course of a month. Now, I'm curious. Now, $20, uh, you get one. uh, from uh, Everywhere from there up, you get one. I'm actually considering uh, uh, putting in $24, you know. Uh, yeah. to be quite honest, so this can't be twenty dollars. Well, actually, no. It's a little piece of plastic like this. It probably would be twenty dollars at least in the Mac store. Now, now, I it's not just it. It's a kickstand. Yeah, it's, it's a, a kickstand. Kick I'm just it's saying. I really want a kickstand for my iPhone, and there it is. Um, it is. that's fantastic. Uh, is this only for the iPhone four? Am I am I screwed with my three GS on this thing? Uh, you might be. I don't think they, um, looking, 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 they, they only talk about the iPhone 4, they don't mention anything else, and it's basically, it's, it's designed to fit perfectly on an iPhone 4. So you could probably fudge it, 
because the buttons yeah. are relatively in the same place. As long as I can but, get the uh, kickstand out of it. I, want, I, I imagine somebody already makes a kickstand for the 3D. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing it out. But, um, but yeah, for like, for nonprofits, for companies, for anybody doing anything, like, if you have an idea, the best way to know if you should continue with this idea is to tell people about it. Mm-hmm. And while you're telling people about it, why not give them the opportunity to toss you a couple bucks at no risk to themselves? It's, it, and, it's a great way to kickstart the community. I know there's been a lot, you know, the, the, the there's been, there's a lot of obviously comments on this one. There's like over 120 comments just on the Kickstarter page, um, and uh, I know I know with the ones that I've been involved with, there's they they keep you updated on what's going on. Uh, there's a lot of interactivity. It's great. Uh, you know, uh, votes for for logos uh, to be used. Um, it, it it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and I think it's going to change the way because a lot of you know. As, as we well know, as, as active people in a, uh, you know, what we want to call Pittsburgh, there's a lot of stuff going on in Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> but that also means that a lot of people are trying to raise money for causes and trying to help people out, you know, one mm. of the friendliest cities in the world. Um, and Kickstarter makes, like, it takes out all the middlemen. Like, we do have nonprofit organizations that you can go to and say, like, hey, I want to have this event to benefit this other thing, but I need some money to get started. You can do that, but it's time and it's paperwork and all this. But Kickstarter lets you reach out to the individual who might have $5 in their pocket that they want to give to you. Fantastic. This and is a great commercial. We should, like, cut it and send it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm on the Kiva uh, commercial with uh, President Clinton. Um, anyways, let's move on to something else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, we, yeah, that was kind of extended our break. Actually, let's go ahead and uh, go into... Uh, uh, Mike, you had you had uh, something you were telling us about before uh, tonight's show. Uh, you, of course, are an alcohol enthusiast. I think we can refer yes. to you as. <laughs> Obviously, That's an excellent description. I'd like that. In fact, I, I probably need a T-shirt of that one too. You you had an interesting brush with technology in that regard. Uh, can you tell us about it? Um, in an effort, uh, this is this is such a novel concept for the agency in Pennsylvania uh, that that is in charge of selling alcohol. They're trying to be friendly with their consumers, um, and this is surprisingly this is a new thing here. Um, what 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 uh, the PLCB, the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board, uh, started testing, I think, back in June. Uh, they installed kiosks, uh, which are are, are kind of small, like three panel. Uh, walk-in coolers with um, with a, a, a stand next to them uh, that the consumers get to use. Uh, this allows the consumers for the first time in, uh, I think, since the 1920s, probably, uh, to buy wine in a grocery store. Um, I'm from Ohio. We can, we can back in back at home. We can do that whenever we want to. Uh, Rob mentioned as we were getting set up. Uh, he's from New Jersey. Uh, you can buy uh, liquor pretty much anywhere there. Um, but this is a novel thing here. And the very first kiosk in Western Pennsylvania uh, opened up today, Wednesday, uh, at the uh, Giant Eagle Market District store uh, in Robinson Township. Um, I went out, uh, did a story for the paper, um, got to, uh, I actually did a purchase. Uh, I'm drinking beer instead of the wine that I bought. That's downstairs, but. Um, it's an interesting thing, and it, and it is a process. Uh, you, uh, you you start with a screen where you you select you select by red or white. Uh, it shows you labels. You can uh, call up a description. This is all on a touch screen. Um, you you pick your bottle, pick your quantity, uh, and then kind of the fun begins. You have to have your driver's license ready. 
Um, that gets inserted into a slot uh, into the machine. Um, so that it's scanning, it's checking your age. Uh, there is also some faceless, nameless uh, PLCB employee in Harrisburg somewhere who is watching you on a camera, which is mounted up here, uh, to make sure you look like the picture that uh, that is on file with your driver's license. That's that's one one step to prevent uh, alcohol falling into the hands of children. Um, the the next thing you do once once that check is done, there's a small hole about like this, mesh covered. You don't have to touch anything, and I didn't see anyone actually try to kiss this when I was uh, there this morning. Um, you have to blow, uh, and this is a breathalyzer. And the uh, the, the uh, standard I think is uh, if you're above a zero point, uh, excuse me, zero point zero two percent alcohol level, uh, they will they will shut down the transaction. They will not sell to you. Um, just for reference, point uh, zero eight is considered legally drunk in, in PA. Uh, assuming you pass the driver license test and the breathalyzer test, uh, then they ask you to pay for your wine. Um, do that with a, a scanning card, and, and it's got to be a, a credit card. That, that's the only way that they uh, they do this. Uh, and then that all gets processed, and doors light up, and spots light up in the actual cooler, uh, highlighting the bottle that you selected. And you go over, and it unlocks, <laughs> and you are able to walk out with uh, walk out of the grocery store with a bottle of wine that you purchased, just like consenting adults in virtually every other state in the country. And it's the first year, so. And the next model is going to involve a crane game. Yes. See, that would be outstanding. That would that would be a perfect thing. It's, it, my 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 reaction to this was 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 interesting. It's, I, I you know watched the, watched the demonstration, uh, watched a couple of the TV people uh, uh, do this, including our our, our friend uh, Mr. Loke. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I go through the process myself and I'm like, well, this is cool. This works. And, and someone's watching me up here and this seems to be accurate. And I get the bottle and I'm putting it in the bag and I'm thinking, you know, if, if I'm over Portman, a half hour away, I don't have to screw around with the kiosk. This is, this is not necessarily a, a, a tech issue. Um, it is an issue with the, with the state's liquor laws. Uh, and that's, that's probably a subject for a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> but, but the, the, the machine itself is kind of interesting. Uh, and, and I think, um, you know, it, if you're able to get past the larger question of why should we have to do all this crap? Um, it, it does seem like it's a system, uh, that works. It will do what the state wants, which is, uh, you know, make wine easily available to people without having to go to a, a separate uh, liquor store. Um, it will protect uh, against, you know, the evils of, of alcohol falling into the hands of, of uh, underage and or intoxicated people. Um, so in, in, in that respect alone, uh, this is an interesting uh, application of technology uh, and, and it seemed, seemed to work pretty well on the, on the, on the first day right out of the box. Nice, nice. Now, <laughs> till that thing needs maintenance, we're like, sorry, you can't buy any alcohol today. Um, uh, I can see that being a problem. In fact, during the demonstration, there were a couple things uh, that the, the guy from, poor guy from Giant Eagle, um, who I think was their vice president, senior vice president of merchandising, um, was having a hard time getting the right door to open. Lights flashed in a couple different spots because they flash over the doors. And you know, it, it not not a complete meltdown. And it did it did work eventually. It just kind of took a little time. Um, <laughs> but again, overall, uh, you know, w- watching a half dozen transactions and then doing my own, uh, it seemed to work okay. 
Fantastic. Um, well, and of course, you know, I apologize. Of course, I, of course, anybody that lives in like New York or Ohio or New Jersey is like, what is wrong with these people in Pennsylvania? Um, <laughs> say the same thing. <laughs> it's like, you know, they, they gotta play a game of mousetrap in order to get a bottle of wine. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it sounds like. I'm trying to picture this in my head. I'm going to have to, you say there's one out in Robinson, uh, at the market, at the market district. I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, sometime there when I'm out be, there. Um, there will be a dozen others within six weeks, uh, all in, in, in the, in the media Pittsburgh area, mm-hmm. uh, all at Giant Eagle stores, probably, you know, the bigger, nicer ones. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Imagine a gigantic machine that takes up like an entire wall that can serve me any bottle of beer I can dream of. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, you could get on the turnpike and drive to Boardman and, and do the same thing without the hassle of the machine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't not, like talking not, to people. But I would recommend talk to a machine. <laughs> of course, yeah. you're you talking to the guy here that would rather go on Pizza Hut's online ordering, even though it's lack, lackluster pizza, just so I don't have to talk to the guy at Giovanni's. Um, <laughs> Domino's online ordering system is amazing. Even oh yeah, I don't like Domino's pizza. It is amazing. And actually, that I should re- I should retract that because Giovanni's is one of the local pl- establishments that does have online ordering. So I, I had not had Domino's uh, for years until we moved to the house where we live in. And I uh, checked out the one in Avalon, which is just up Ohio River Boulevard. And I used the online system and I was impressed Fantastic. with the system. Not, not so much with the pizza. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy the, you know, the 15 minutes of your pizza's being made. Your pizza's in the oven. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Oh, it so gives you the whole process? I mean, this, this information is worthless to me, but I'm so excited about it. I think the, uh, <laughs> I think the Pizza Hut iPhone app does something similar, but it also, while you're waiting for your pizza on the Pizza Hut iPhone app, you can play mm-hmm. a game of delivery driver. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah, right there in the app <laughs> after you're done ordering. It's, it's great. Uh, <laughs> what, is, what is the goal of the game? Um, the, the is it, it's to, speed. Minus accidents. To get you like, your pizza. It actually reminds me of that horrible Back to the Future NES game. Um, it'd be awesome if, if you play a game and then only if you like can beat the stage is your pizza delivered. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and your pizza, like the, the doorbell rings the moment you beat the, the level. You need to avoid the, uh, the tip multipliers. Um, <laughs> All right. Speaking of other awkward uses of technology, um, there is a PSP phone in the works. Apparently, there's a prototype that's leaked out. I I haven't really, um, because this this was not an official announcement. This is something Engadget got got its hands on. Like they're, you know, those guys are apt to do (laughs) these days. (laughs) Found it. (laughs) I went to the bar. There's the PSP phone. I didn't even want to look at it, but there it was. Um, <laughs> basically, if you look at this thing, uh, and I love the headlines, PlayStation phone, still real. Um, it, it's basically what you would expect from uh, looking at the new uh, PSP Go with the kind of slide-up screen. No nub, so no analog support, which means we're going back to PS1 days, I guess, here, guys. Uh, it's a Sony, Sony Ericsson phone. It's... Pretty ugly, but I imagine because it's a it's a prototype, uh, and it's running Android, and we'll have a yeah. special version uh, Sony store to buy uh, games for the device. So, um, as I said to you when we were talking before, um, just me even mentioning that is grounds for divorce. I, I would I would but, end up penniless in the gutter. 
<laughs> but do Kelly, you think Kelly would take me for everything I am? Do you do, do you think that this is going to be like the next God of War is going to be on this or? Uh, sh- she doesn't care. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but it doesn't, uh, for my, for my personal purposes, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Playing some Crash Bandicoot, which I already have bas- eh? I already can get Crash Bandicoot card on my iPhone, so I don't know. But someone has buttons. So novel of them. Uh-huh. Um, it's basically for, I, I, it really, it looks like all the people that are like, I hate touch phones. I need that slide out keyboard, Chachi, MC Frontalot or two of those. Um, it's like the people are like, I don't like touch control games. I want a keypad, but I want it on my phone. And there you have it. So, <laughs> um, and the other interesting Android uh, application is the new Nook Color. Now, Rob, you've been looking a little bit into this one. Uh, yeah, I've always been kind of really curious about the Nook because they were one of the first e-readers to come out that uh, that actually it seemed like it had meat to it. It wasn't just like the Sony reader was never impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kindle came out, Sony didn't blink, they didn't care. So Sony, as far as I'm concerned, obviously doesn't care about the e-reader market. Uh, and then Barnes & Noble came out with this thing called the Nook, which is like a, you know, it's a, it's a noble book. It's a Nook, get it? Um, so, uh, it's an Android tablet, 7-inch color touchscreen, uh, which means they got rid of e-ink, which means that you get, uh, what is it, uh, 8 hours on Wi-Fi, I think? Yeah, 8 hours of reading, um, with the Wi-Fi off, so basically you've downloaded whatever you want. It's also not 3G. It has eight gigs of storage. It has this really fancy, fancy IPS display. Uh, they're calling it the Vivid View. It's 16 million colors and 1024 by 600. Last I checked, none of my books are capable of that. Uh, so that's pretty fantastic. But yeah, it's running Android and it's 250 bucks, super flexible. And the big news, the thing that really makes this a quick, uh, a kicker, they are, uh, releasing development uh software for um, third party apps to be put on the device. It's kind of a big deal. I mean it's it's a really nice looking little thing. It's uh the perfect size as far as I'm concerned for an e reader. And um what's the latest price on the Kindle, do you remember? Um actually in this article it says one forty nine is the original uh oh I'm sorry, Kindle? Sorry, I in the wrong one. <laughs> Uh no, I they lowered to 149 180 I thought. Okay. Um but yeah, this is in color. So as far as I'm concerned until the Kindle comes out with a color model um for new content. Like if you're into just reading books, mm-hmm. which is perfectly fine, the Kindle is still a killer app. But if you're into new content and if you're you're into like the future of ebooks and what that might mean and especially if you're into magazines, um Kindle BX aside, this this is a pretty sweet little device. Nice, nice. Um, it's uh, of course they had Android before on that little screen in the original, right? Like, is is what I heard. So it's uh, a little, yeah, yeah, the, the the little color portion on the bottom. It's uh, it, it'll be interesting to see where this goes from here. Um, but it, it, it it's 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 it, uh, interesting uh, the new uh, you know, Android. It's just kind of being applied everywhere. Kind of, kind of what the promise of Windows CE was back in the day. You know, uh, this seems to be because remember, remember, remember when they were talking about that and said, "Oh, Windows is going to be in your television, your toaster, and your fridge TV, and all that stuff." Yeah, you know? I mean, well, yeah, that I mean, happened because nobody likes blue toast. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, um, but uh, but yeah, and Android is it, it, it's interesting that it took this for Linux to get everywhere. 
Yeah, yeah. Think it's, about it's that. Funny that oh, like, yeah. Not many people are, are talking about that. This is this is definitely like the Trojan horse of Linux working mm-hmm. its way into your life. It's, it's the rebranding of it with this Android moniker. Uh, uh, funny, funny side note: I was actually uh, looking at iPads at the uh, Apple Store when we were there the other day, and uh, somebody put an Android wallpaper on one. So I thought that was very novel. Um, nice. <laughs> all right, let's see here. Uh, what, one other note, and I think we're, uh, that should be about it, and we can get out of here. Um, where did I have that? Oh, actually, two real quick ones, maybe. 20% of peak downstream internet is used for Netflix streaming. 20%. That is incredible, and grounds for the first thing to be a target of net neutrality. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're about to release, uh, I know they've been doing it, I think they've been doing it as a trial program in Canada. But a uh, streaming only account. Yes. As as, like, uh, they're looking at doing trials here. I think uh, seven ninety nine. What are you drinking now? Uh, actually, the same thing. Oh, I okay. Three of these upstairs. Um, take a look. Good he actually has a six pack next to him, and he's just pounding it down. The goal is. To I, well, get no, I've six got. Pack. I brought the cooler. Are you playing a drinking game to the awesome cast? I'm. <laughs> 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 I, I, I'm not. But um, now that you mention it, I am definitely going to develop one. <laughs> Please, I'll, I'll get back to you next week. Please, please, I I, I get such a kick out of the Julie Bologna uh, uh, drinking game the Kiss guys do, and uh, I'd love the I love the people to get drunk to us for a change. That'd be interesting. I gotta go back. I'm gonna go back and watch a couple episodes, and and uh, we'll, we'll 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 have one ready for next week. Every time, Rob's we need in- to get a drinking game ready at least by the time we have our next live show. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Which uh, and I will I will try to be there in person to explain the rules. Excellent, excellent. If anybody has any ideas of places, uh, we have a couple in mind, but, uh, or if you are a venue that would like to have us live, please, please let us know. Uh, uh, you contact at awesomecast.com. We'll put that out there. Um, <laughs> uh, and real quick, IDOS emulator. Yes, for a period on the App Store, I believe yesterday you could put Windows 3.1 on your iPad. Yay. Yay. Because for the masochists and all of us that want to relive those days. But no, actually, it was pretty cool because it looked like they, it would actually run old DOS games from, uh, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a, I see a picture of them learning, uh, a, a, a solitaire in Windows 3.1. <laughs> That's tremendous. Tremendous. Um, so, uh, you know, that's one of those things you, you knew it was going to get pulled as soon as you saw it. So. Yeah. <laughs> excellent uh well guys uh, i think we need to get out of here we're running into the wrestling mayhem show and those guys get wrestling cranky. mayhem wrestling what? mayhem show that that <laughs> that's a that's its own drinking that's, game yes. extravaganza there um <laughs> i don't think i need to help with that one no 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 but uh, fantastically we're usually sober on that show i i wouldn't believe it myself uh if i wasn't there um, although they claim that I, I drink whiskey all the time. All right. <laughs> Uncle Crappy. Uh, well, you're not. There he is. Uh, <laughs> what, what can people check out that you're working on lately? Um, yeah, the best place to start is always unclecrappy.com. Um, mm-hmm. if you want to check out what I'm doing professionally, uh, uh timesonline.com. Uh, I have been self taping and producing, uh, my, my news break, my daily webcast for about the last for the last month. Um, so if you want to see and um, uh, take a look at those and see how brutal my video editing <laughs> skills are, uh, you can check it out there. And hey. guys, thank you once again. Hey, if you need any Been help with that, give me a call, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rob, <laughs> what is up with you lately? You have any more sleepless nights ahead of you? 
I have many sleepless nights ahead of me. This is this is my uh, my last week of the month, and uh, as you know, I work on deadlines and getting projects done. So I'll be working from six a.m. until at very least midnight tomorrow, uh, cranking out you know inventions and things. Uh, but also things we should mention: an evening with Podcamp Pittsburgh. That's right. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, if you head over to podcamppittsburgh.com. Uh, you can check out information on it. It'll be November 11th, and we will have uh, the lovely Norman Fuelsman uh, hosting Mikey and Bob. Love well, um, uh, We'll be familiar with the 96.1 Freak Show, talking about uh, how they, you know, create daily content and stuff like that. It's a little shindig at night in uh, space in downtown Pittsburgh. Session starts at uh, 7 o'clock, wrap up and socializing at uh, 8 p.m. And uh looks to be a good time. So if you would like to know more about that, podcamppittsburgh.com, and we hope to see all you locals there. Also, that whole red up thread up thing I've been talking about, the clothing swap, uh next weekend. R E D D thread up. Uh or, or R E D D U P thread up dot com. I don't have to spell it for the locals. They know what red up is. The rest of you think we're crazy and that's totally fine. We talk uh, funny and we can't get alcohol from grocery stores. That's that's pretty much the MO. Yeah, um, we, we can't get alcohol from the places we should get alcohol and uh, and <laughs> up is actually a term. <laughs> that alone is a little crazy. But uh yeah, so check things out on the on the internet and uh I'm I'm out there. Robjdlc.com. And for those wondering, uh the the, the hey look, we got a guest. Hello, Mrs. Yes. Crabby. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> I think Mrs. Crappy's hungry. I think it's time no. for dinner. Thanks. Oh, I am. <laughs> um, I know. So for those that aren't local, uh, are wondering about that, we will have video of the event. Uh, we actually had a, we have video of when Mikey and Big Bob were at PodCamp Pittsburgh 4 from last year, but unfortunately they were so loud you can't hear most of it because of our webcams. Um, a, a problem that Tall Kathy almost had, uh, their, their fellow DJ. Uh, but that'll be up later this week over at PodCamp Pittsburgh. Uh, so keep an eye out for all that. We got all kinds of content coming up over there. Um, and, uh, aside from that, get, go check out, uh, ChachiSays.net, uh, with that little bit of a clip with MC Frontalot, Nerdcore guy talking about, uh, uh, G, the G2, some phone talk over there. Um, and I have an interview with him, uh, over on Music Fun Time show. Go, go to all that. Sorgatronmedia.com, of course. Um, aside from that, I can't really think of anything else I'm doing worth talking about. Uh, everybody, enjoy your Halloween. Yeah. We noticed, we noticed. Wait, wait, wait. Our, what, we what's that? Oh, he's got the. <laughs> Should have done the whole show this way. You should maybe, but that, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> Look out! There's something behind you. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. Great show. Thank you, chat room. Oh, Brisbane says the rest of the internet's. Uh, oh, Netflix is only second porn, by the way, in the chat room. Uh, thanks. You guys have been great. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Awesome. Awesomecast.com. Later. Later.